It's 9.30 straight down. It's time for Food Talk. I'm Marianne Myers, and I'm here with my ever-fabulous co-host, Linda Perkins. Good morning. Good I got morning. my apron on. You do. You are, <laughs> you are ready to cook. Yeah. <laughs> All you apron haters. <laughs> do you think there's hey, apron haters? <laughs> yes, I'm, I'm, I have been one. Uh, really? Yes. <laughs> For many, many years, although I do wear an apron if if what I'm wearing as clothes is precious to me, uh, and I have very few of those, (laughs) um, I will wear an apron just to protect something, but I... Oh, I am resentful of aprons, and I own fabulous aprons just like that one that you've got on from Becky. Tonkin. Well, then I'm I'm like the people for the ethical treatment of aprons yes. side of the argument, <laughs> which I think is but Peta. I can Peta. see <laughs> yeah oh, oh yeah you're totally right so so but I can see that because um, I mean if if you worked in restaurants and had a restaurant I mean at some point you might get to hate aprons I mean I was just being flipped but I hadn't really thought about it no I don't know. I think it's just a personal thing. Yeah. I don't like stuff tied around me. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> what you been cooking? Well, let's see. I finally cooked those uh, beef shanks that I've been threatening to cook for all these weeks. Yeah. So, how, how they speaking turn out. of weeks, they, it takes that long in the fridge yeah. for them to thaw. Holy yeah. cow. And it's really hard with shanks of any kind to tell if they're thawed because they're all bone. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway, uh, they turned out great, although I, I know that I threatened even on the radio to do uh, an Asian um, treatment of them, and I ended up doing Asabuko okay. uh, because of uh, my husband who loves that kind of thing. Yeah. And it's so delicious. Yeah. And and so um, mashed potatoes and asabuco, and then the next night I just put all of that yummy um, uh, vegetable and all the the good stuff that it you know in asabuco you're doing the carrots and celery and everything cooked down to almost a thick sauce, and um, I just put it over pasta the next night, and I'm still oh, I'm still cruising on that one dinner. Wow. <laughs> There's only two of us, and four beef shanks is a lot of uh, a lot of meat. But it says "I love you" uh, over and over again. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and it's a good air freshener. You know what I mean? Yeah. Makes yeah, it the smells kit- really good. Oh, it yeah. smells really good. Yeah, yeah. And just how you said, you know, doing the Asian thing. I know that I have to do like a balance of experimenting on poor Dale and then <laughs> doing regular things to, you know, keep him happy. Atone. What you want to do? Yeah, exactly. A tone. <laughs> <laughs> what have you been cooking? Well, I am pretty excited for Jennifer Bright's new show about seafood. Yes. And um, I am allergic to shellfish. And then I'm from Minnesota, and my family, we just never ate fish. My mom never cooked fish. There, we, we would, in the summer, we would go to a cabin, and on Fridays, that whole community up there would have a fish fry man, and that was it. it that, that just was it. And so just fish wasn't in my first 35 years and I just don't know a lot about it but I'm not allergic to it so I can grill fish and um and the reason is that I figured out that with my grill if I have a a piece of fish that's about salmon shaped you know about that thickness that a, a salmon fillet typically is that my grill at a high setting if I if I marinate the fish and then I put it down skin side up you know down on the grill two minutes Turn it 45 degrees, two minutes, just so I get good grill marks. Then flip it over three minutes. Then it's done just fine. I figured that out. But I have this friend, Johnny, who um, is a a cook. He lives in um, Arizona, and he's such a good cook. His food is so delicious. It's it's just 
good. It's not precious. It's not fancy. It's just good, but it's not too plain. And and he says, no, you just have to, because I wanted to be able to cook halibut. Uh. But like, you know how you can tell if fish is done, if it's, if, if it's no longer translucent, but if you're going to the inside of a big fat halibut thing, looking at it, you're wrecking the filet, you know? Yeah. And so, um, he, and, and if I cook it on the grill, I just, I can't tell when it's done. It's too thick. So he said, and I never knew this, you probably did, that the perfect internal temperature for fish is 145 degrees. All right. No, I didn't know no, that because I, I never take the, I always just um, press on it like you would a steak. Yeah, but see, that's another thing. How many halibut, you know, fillets am I going to have to wreck yeah, until to get I press on it, you know? And and so that that, especially with halibut being so expensive, it's more than a pack of cigarettes. You know, I just, I couldn't, I couldn't tell. And so what he says is to pan fry it. So pan fry it um, just to get it brown and then stick it in the oven um, at 350 degrees until the internal temperature is, is um, uh, 145 degrees. And that took about seven minutes and, and it was just great. It wasn't overdone because I do that. And it wasn't underdone because I do that. It was just great. I was so happy. And it was such a, you know, I, I get this, I got inspired by Jennifer, right? You know, so I'm, I'm so determined to learn how to cook fish. Everybody here cooks fish, you know, that's all we have here is fish. Anyway, so, um, um, uh, you know, you're kind of embarrassed to ask, but, but it just turned out great, but it was such a comedy of errors too, because, um, you know, like a chefy thing to do is, is to sear it and then put it in the, um, um, in, in the oven, but I'm not going to do it in a not nonstick pan. And my nonstick oh. pan has a plastic handle. So because, I mean, even my grill is pretty well seasoned, but occasionally the fish will stick and then we'll have a dish that I call scraps of fish. <laughs> <laughs> and I just didn't want that to happen to the halibut. You know, I want to learn how to cook it right. So what I did is I transferred the the filet from the, the nonstick pan with the plastic handle to a baking sheet and stuck it in the oven. But then I dropped a good portion of it on the floor. And I have two dogs and they're like, what? But it was hot, so they didn't snarf it down right away. Plus, I was yelling and swearing, and so I ate that part. (laughs) Oh, it was such a comedy of errors. It was so funny. And it's just, you know, you do something like that, and you're used to knowing your way around the kitchen, and then you do something you have no idea how to do, and oh, my gosh. Anyway, that part was pretty funny. So, uh, okay, but wait, 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 wait. Wait, wait. I have a question. (laughs) Wait, 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 do tell me. (laughs) Uh, Why the nonstick pan? Why? Oh, Why? For me, so that it wouldn't stick, because well, I, yeah, I know that, but I mean, you can. There are ways to make it not stick in a. Yeah, and I'm going to learn those eventually, but I can't <laughs> learn everything all at once. Good Lord, how much capacity do you think I have? I mean, for me I to think learn, it's huge. no, because to learn, I mean, my brain is full to learn how to cook this fish. I'm going to have to jettison something perfectly good, like maybe third grade or French, or you know what I mean, wow, something yeah. like that. Yeah, yeah, I know it's hard so, to know man, what to throw I mean, over. To learn how to not so settle down there. <laughs> <laughs> Never mind about that olive oil thing, <laughs> or 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 oil and butter best. No, and I did that, but it's just I. Yeah, I am famous for the stickage. Okay, so well, and I, I am not saying that I have never had anything cling to a pan inappropriately. Uh, uh, I don't have any nonstick. Oh, really? So I have been forced to learn to be. Um, to, to to figure out do it right yeah to figure out how to non stick without any yeah. assistance so yeah one of my yeah. favorite things Anthony Bourdain said is you're not a rock star cook your eggs in a non stick pan <laughs> what's the matter with you something like that and I thought I thought that was so funny you're not a rock star. <laughs> 
I thought that was so cool. Oh, and that gosh. made me feel good about having an unstick pan. Yeah, there you go. I think I think most people do because they're so smart in so many different yeah. applications. Yeah. And, and now it, you don't have to have Teflon. Yeah. Oh, I don't I shouldn't even say uh brand, brand name, but yeah. Uh, yeah, trademark names, but you don't have to have the coating that peels mm-hmm. off because all the ceramics are so fabulous yeah. now. So uh, it isn't so bad. So actually, I could go back into the, um, it would be safe to go back into the water now for me. Into the water. Uh, because the reason that I jettisoned uh, nonstick pans is because I uh, cook in my living room, as you know. I mm-hmm. have an open floor Kitchen, plan. Yeah. And so I'm cooking in the living room, and I have uh, birds. And oh, the fumes yeah. from the old nonstick pans were death to birds really i didn't know if that. you didn't pay attention and you had them on heat to the point you know dry to the point where they would um emit smoke it, yeah. uh, they off gas and um and that was really not good for birds so i just didn't have those pans but canary in a coal mine yipes no i don't want to put my remaining cockatiel in the coal mine if you don't mind yeah <laughs> i don't want to Anyway, uh, so that's, that's so tweet of you. <laughs> that's really good. You're basically cooking fish the way you would cook a steak. Oh, you brought up birds. Yeah, <laughs> I did. So on my way in, I already told you this, but in Linehan's Field, and that's at about mile marker four, nothing to do with food, on me, but they were eating on Highway 202, mile marker four. There's like a dozen eagles on the ground, bald eagles. So if you're going out Highway 202, go take a look at that. That was like, I don't know, 15 minutes ago. That's pretty remarkable. Sorry. See, local news. Yeah, we, and we wonder what they're having for breakfast. I know. I know. <laughs> Non-stick. <laughs> well, there's that water right there. It could be fish. Yeah, it could be. Well, I made a bunch of bunts for that gallery opening. Oh, that's right. And you were coming up, we were trying to come up with 50s. Yes, baked goods that, that felt like the 1950s and everything that was popular in the 1950s now just... Reeks of Americana, not 1950s. It doesn't yeah. evoke that image. So I just made a bunch of bunt cakes that look like jello molds. And that was about <laughs> as 50s as I, as I could get. But it was fun to make them. And again, you know, you always think, oh, I know what I'm doing. I can wing it. Ah, no. Anyway, <laughs> I, um, you know how you see bunt cakes with that stuff in the middle? Yeah. I was making um, just a, oh, what kind was it? I think a lemon one. And I had some fresh blueberries. Oh. And, I, and I had some black cap jam. And you know I've been putting black cap jam and everything, so I thought I'll just put a little black cap jam and some blueberries yeah. in the middle, and I did. But they sunk and they came to the oh. bottom, which you flip it over and it's the top. And I know there's a thing called a crown cake, which is a bunt where the top quarter is one color and the rest is another color. Oh. It looks like a crown on it, you know. Yeah. And so it kind of turned out like that, but it was such a surprise when I flipped it over. <laughs> oh hell! <laughs> Well, now, I mean, recipes tell us that we should dredge our berries in flour so that they stay in suspension. Do you think that that works? I don't know. I don't think, I don't know. They're so heavy. I think it's, I think it's the jam that was the problem and it dragged the berries down. Yeah. So. Speaking of jam. Yeah. You got a jam? (laughs) I got one now because I read, I think, you know what? I don't know. I, I I should record my sources. Uh, because I have a, a number of cooking magazines and, mm-hmm. as you know, a number of cookbooks and mm-hmm. blah, blah, blah. And now I don't know exactly where I read this. You got it from your house. That's exactly correct. From my kitchen. <laughs> um, the, uh, the, a tip was in making vinaigrettes to make them more um, 
you know, make them different because okay. we all just do the Good Lord, oil, yeah. vinegar, Dijon mustard, some mm-hmm. herbs, and we and it's perfectly lovely and ser- mm-hmm. serviceable and um, works great as a marinade and all that stuff. But you, it starts tasting the same every time mm-hmm. you make a salad. So. Uh, they were saying if you have uh, jam in your fridge that is just a little bit left in the jar, toss it in your vinaigrette. And I did that, and it is revelatory. And um, I've done it now with some marmalade. I've done it with some pepper jelly or some oh, garlic jelly. jelly. Oh, I have garlic jelly. Yeah, well, really good. T- toss a teaspoonful in your next shaker of uh, your jar. That's such a good of, idea. Uh, uh, I've done it with blueberry jam before, ooh. and that's the only one I've done it with, and that was good. Yeah. But it was because it was a recipe. I never thought to wing it. Yeah, so anytime you just want to... And, you know, I I have... My my fridge is condiment central, so... Mine too. Uh, I, anytime I can, like, liberate some valuable real estate in there by <laughs> emptying a jar, I'm all for it. <laughs> Not that the pantry isn't full of something waiting to take its place. but That's uh, so funny because I, I lately I thought, I'm really keeping up on this fridge thing. But, man, I found some sausage from the American Revolution in there <laughs> the other day, and I was really embarrassed because I thought I was on top of it. Well, you can't, <laughs> you know, I know. I have some lettuce that uh, I think now could be classified as fabric (laughs) it's so soft you know how leaf lettuce gets so it's so like lovely it's like moleskin or something i don't know anyway i don't think lovely is the word (laughs) well it feels lovely it it, it, it's not salad worthy why have i not given it its last rites i have no idea (laughs) my vegetable drawer is a mystery even to me (laughs) i want to remind everybody that they're listening to food talk on coast community radio and that food talk is a co-production of coast community radio and north coast Food web. I'm Marianne Myers. I'm here with Linda Perkins. Um, we're apron talking advocate. About... <laughs> yes, that's right. The voice of apron wearers everywhere. <laughs> yeah. Apron lovers everywhere. So you're talking about magazines and cookbooks. I love catalogs too, of course. Oh yeah. And um, I got a baker's catalog yesterday or the day before, but I was just reading it this morning, and um, um. They had something new. They had blueberry juice, a concentrated blueberry juice. Oh, interesting. Which I don't think I've ever come across before. And this this catalog has a um, boiled apple cider that's just delicious. It's the best stuff. When I try to make my own boiled apple cider, it tastes very sugary, a little caramelized, and then maybe apple is its third flavor. But this one, it tastes like fresh apples. It's such a good product. And they're showing the blueberry juice right next to the apple cider. Oh. uh, The boiled apple cider. And it's more expensive than the boiled apple cider. So I wonder if they're thinking, and I trust them, you know, it's a a good company. Um, I wonder if they're thinking that it's, you know, as good, you know. Uh Oh, anyway, and they... And and what are you using it for? I don't know. That's it. I just saw this morning. what are you using your cider for? I use it in um, donuts. I use it in caramels. And I use it in cake. Okay. And so... um, um, they also had a, a new blueberry powder, and I've seen that before, but I've never thought about it. But when it's there in combination, I was thinking, I bet you could make like a really good blueberry frosting, Ooh. which I've never had like a way to make blueberry frosting before, you know? Yeah. I don't know. It just sounds really, really good. Anyway, that that got my... I don't know what you'd call them. <laughs> my cockles all warmed. Did you uh, my... order? Did you order? No, I had to come here. And plus, I saw the eagles, and then I got like distracted. All right, but you you probably will, and you'll report back. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
you know, we were talking about those bunt cakes, but um, I was thinking, like, um, you know, the galleries around town, we have our, our second Saturday art walk, and they all have, you know, their version of wine and cheese. Most of them have wine, and then just something good. You know, one gallery is famous for, is it like a, a, a savory cheesecake that you put on crackers, like a giant cheese ball kind of uh-huh, thing? Uh-huh, That's really good. Yeah. yeah. Everybody has their thing. But what would you like to see at a gallery? Like, what what is something that you would be happy to see? Does that make sense? Like, yes. what is a food sweet or savory that everybody likes? I, the only thing I could really think of were cookies and deviled eggs, not together. Yeah, and and I have done food for some of them uh, over time, you know, different stuff for, for that occasion. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a tricky business because if you really... Uh, pull out you know all the stops yeah. and do what you would love to do it becomes this meal and people it's a madhouse they want to eat they come for the buffet they, that's yeah. right yeah and that's not what you want you want something memorable yes but you don't necessarily want to you know feed the population of Clatsop county yeah yeah we it, it is supposed to be a tidbit it's not yeah. supposed to be a um uh, buffet. So, so it's that balance thing that's really yeah, hard because really hard. you know the place that has a giant cheese ball, you can't walk around in there. Yeah, I know. It's fabulous, mm-hmm. uh, but it's also treacherous. Yeah. And I think detrimental to business. So I so I think of that differently than I would think of if I were going to do a um, cocktail or wine thing at home with a bunch of mm-hmm. friends. Or if it was just them and not everybody. Yes. All galleries yes. at once. Yeah. And so it's a hard thing to think of. I know. What What would be something... I just think that, it, uh, you know, if it were mine and I was doing that, I have done that, um, I would just do something really simple. A great red wine and some uh, chocolate bites. Okay. Um, you know, and maybe some orange segments to go with that dark chocolate but just something that you it's it's like one bite you're not gonna it's not gonna keep you there wanting to refill a plate in fact it's ideal if it's just a bev nap a a beverage napkin Mm -hmm. and a bite of something rather than a plate or a bowl or a cup so um yeah, I don't know about that. It's the, hard. It's hard to think it's of. It's very hard. Yeah. And the other thing is a, a shop owner is not necessarily, uh, you know, not necessarily interested in cooking something in yeah. addition to getting ready for a big that event. That might not be their wheelhouse. Yeah. Yeah. So maybe, you know, uh, a Triscuit and a slice of cheese is good, <laughs> good enough. I mean, seriously. But that's not memorable. That's the thing. You want something memorable. Yeah. So if people are trying well, to decide whether or not to go to your place, they'll be, oh, wait, they have those things. Let's go. There is the art, of course. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that that would be the... <laughs> that's what gets me in the door. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't know. Call me crazy. Uh, but <laughs> but I, th- I think that that might be it. The other thing is I think maybe a, a remarkable beverage as opposed to a little sip of wine like if you you know what i mean okay um something a little different okay uh, i think the most i ever spent at a gallery was linda coffee in the late 90s she had an opening and instead of having wine and cheese she had bourbon and cigars (laughs) (laughs) there you go see i'm like i'll take that one and that one and that one wait did i already say that one (laughs) that is a savvy business decision no lie no lie (laughs) I'll never forget. (laughs) (laughs) 
I don't know. I, the other thing is, though, you know, if you're going to do that at home, there's almost nothing I would rather do than like a really elaborate cheese board and uh, something to go with it. I Those are so fun to put together and, and so delicious yeah. and such a fabulous opportunity to introduce something new to people and I don't know I just think they encompass everything I love about entertaining on that one big yeah. platter so yeah I remember being at your house once and you had those little teeny tiny crackers that have fruit in them I oh, never yeah. had them before seeing them and they were so delicious I mean I love them <laughs> yeah they so, are really good yeah. They are really good, and they're really good with almost anything slathered right on top of yeah, them yeah. also. Yeah. Um, I, the and perfect I, substrate. <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, you introduced me to those. I, I love stuff like that. And, you know, around here we have such fabulous um, fish, uh, smoked fish, mm-hmm. uh, smoked shellfish. Oysters. I love yeah. uh, anchovies and sardines. I love that stuff on a, a, a buffet kind of setup where you can you know mix and match everything i love that stuff and it's beautiful delicious yeah so any plans Hmm. i i you know what i had more bunt cake uh questions because you you must have (laughs) how many did you make i made seven and were they all different um yes um, but that wasn't super hard. I made um, just my regular wedding cake recipe, and then I just started adding stuff to it. You know what I mean? So poppy seeds and almond in one, lemon in another one, pumpkin in another one, and that's kind of lazy, but I had a little bit of a cold, which is why I sound a little bit manly today. Woo-hoo! You sound very Columbia School of Broadcasting. Columbia School of Broadcasting, <laughs> or manly, one of the two, but <laughs> we'll go with Columbia. Columbia apron advocate. Anyway, so um, I just wasn't feeling great and that was just like a lazy way to do it Uh and then I did 50s decorations you know where you put star shaped squirts of frosting and a strawberry doink 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 doink, yeah yeah very cool yeah yeah yeah. so it was just as 50s as I could get but it just I just couldn't come up with anything that screamed 50s that was sweet you know and anything would have been really awful you know the hot dog jello mold type things that right right because jello is that you're gonna go yeah that's 50s but yeah (laughs) yeah right and it requires uh uh, flatware and it requires you know what yeah. I mean it requires yeah, yeah. things that are not practical in that yeah. situation but I I love that you did seven bun cakes <laughs> <laughs> I have a lot of bunt cake molds I love bunt cake molds <laughs> do you use them for anything else no you know just bake sales that, yeah. that's what they were mostly for because um people I mean the only I love Lucy type thing we ever had happen at the bake sales was over a cranberry bunt cake so one lady was buying it. She put it down to write a check. Another lady just snatched it out from underneath her. <laughs> We're like, settle down. I'm calling the police. <laughs> How would that call sound? I don't know, but I think it's a light dis- misdemeanor. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Cake napping. What are you uh, consulting there? Oh, nothing. I just, you know how I am. <laughs> Got my brain. Hey, I saw on the internet, and sometimes it lies and sometimes it doesn't, but this was a picture, and it was a picture of these kebabs that somebody had made. But they were so pretty. They were sausage and shrimp. And so you know how the Internet is always, oh, it's so easy. And they'll be making something like croissants or brioche, and they're <laughs> yeah. leaving out giant steps that just ensure that someone will fail, and then I get all angry and I have to turn off the computer. <laughs> but this was, all they said is you just toss both of them with barbecue seasoning. But they had, um, you know, coins of sausage, like some kind of, smoked sausage or kibasa or something 
and then they would wrap a, a big shrimp around it, oh. put that on the skewer, so it's like a C with an O on the inside. Uh-huh. And then the next one just alternate the way that the C went. So they had three of them on a, a skewer, and they were really pretty. And so I kind of wanted to make those, but I haven't tried yet because I've been flinging fish all over the kitchen. And they were uh, grilled then? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so they had nice grill marks, and um, the sausage, they said, kept the shrimp from getting overdone, and the sausage is already cooked. So it just didn't cook too fast. All right. I also wanted to ask you, uh, before I forget, because you know how I do that, um, <laughs> you said you marinate your fish. What do you do? What do you marinate it in? Well, um, one I didn't marinate, and um, so just did it with some uh, capers and lemon. And then the other one I marinated in some honey and soy sauce, uh-huh. and then just did kind of a teriyaki sauce over it. And both of them were good. But when I make salmon, I do... I, I, I do often marinate it in a kind of like a teriyaki thing just because I, I like that flavor mm-hmm. and um, just habit, I guess. Well, th- that flavor goes really well with fish. I think almost any kind of fish. Yeah. Really. And rice. Yum. <laughs> and usually if I'm going to make like dill, I really like it to be fresh dill. And I just don't have that that often in the winter, though I do sometimes buy it. But um, if I don't have fresh, I just, I don't enjoy dried dill so much on fish. Yeah. And so then I'll marinate it for, for flavor. Yeah. I, I'm the same way about dill, and we have it for a short amount of time in our gardens here. I mean, it's so fragile. Mm-hmm. And the minute it, it even threatens to get cold, the dill is like, I'm I'm, I'm out. <laughs> so, And it takes a while to get going in the spring. And I, I, we're at that point right now where I just want to plant the herb garden at the food web. And I know it's too early. Yeah. I know that. I know that. I know that. I have been taught that year after year after year. And I just have to kind of grip my teeth and get through the temptation zone and wait <laughs> because May that's yeah. you know it's crazy to plant before May crazy unless you have a greenhouse really crazy so I hope my hydrangea live oh my gosh yeah <laughs> I don't know about uh oh what I don't know about landscaping would fill volumes yes well you know that my Mine is abandoned homestead. Oh <laughs> That's my god! My style. Mine, t- mine too. It's like what happened here? <laughs> oh, somebody died. Yes. <laughs> and the children haven't taken over yet. No, no not at all. It, it, it and now everything's growing like crazy, and we really need to be mowing. And uh, so when Tom got out the mower, he w- it was like dead. Oh no! And he took it to the uh, repair shop, and of course they were like. Yeah, that's like calling us in February to get your furnace yeah, fixed. Yeah. It'll be six weeks. Yeah. They sold him a uh, tune-up kit, <laughs> so he's been, he's been dealing with that. But re- six weeks. Yeah, wow. we're, we're going to be wading through knee-deep wow weeds mostly uh, by the time anything happens with that it, we may be the family that just buys a brand new lawnmower every year i think that might be it it'll be like that notice from the city out front on a yeah, stake I, I know we're gonna be in the paper soon i'm sure of it. don't make me laugh oh my yeah, god i know it's bad uh but i do look forward to being able to have those fresh herbs there there is just nothing like it there's really no substitute yeah I've been it's such seeing, a luxury. I know. Uh, several recipes I have come across <coughs> lately that I have made 
have called for dried basil, which I personally yeah. think is the most useless herb yeah. in the world. I don't like dried basil. I don't like dried cilantro. And I think that they're related, but yeah. I'm not sure. What? What? But just no what? flavor. No flavor. Yeah. Coriander works, which is just yeah. the... Tarragon you know. works for me. Yeah. Chives work. Shallots. Dried shallots are delicious. Yeah. That's not really an herb, but... Yeah, well, I don't know. It's not an herb, I guess. No, not not botanically speaking, <laughs> but culinarily speaking, I would say I don't know. It's borderline. It's flavor. Yeah, that's it's right. It's in the flavor category. <laughs> it's an aromatic. <laughs> I've been making fried chicken too. I guess we're kind of late in the show, oh, but no, that's but something I was never any good at. You know, it just get fried to like calcification. You know. Yeah. And so, this new method um, is um, I'll fry it in you know a, a decent amount of oil in the pan. Like I, I just. Um, are you coating it? You're dipping yeah, it? Yeah, so buttermilk first, let it hopefully overnight, but, you know, an hour, two hours. And then just in two cups of flour, one tablespoon of salt, one tablespoon of pepper. Mix okay. that up. So then just get flour on it. Put it in the oil, 360 degrees for the oil, three minutes each side. Then put it on a rack in the oven until the internal temperature is 165. And that works really good. It's way better than when I try to totally fry it in the pan. And I know there's people that can do it, but I can't. And so I'm, I'm, I'm trying really hard just to fill in the holes of my, of things that I can't cook. Does that make uh -huh. sense? Yeah. Trying to learn how to cook the things that I can't cook. That's what I'm trying to do lately. That's, I think that's really worthy. I'm trying oh. to just try something new once in a while. Cause I think I told, I think I promised I was going to start going through all of my cookbooks and cooking all the things I never cooked, but, uh, I'm still going to be doing that really soon. <laughs> it's on my list. <laughs> I did see recently, though, because I am hooked on these uh, Chinese um, cooking videos where I can't understand anything and I can't read the writing, but I like to watch it. And I saw a fried chicken where they uh, fried it really fast in a wok just till it started turning golden, pulled it out, drained it, fried it again. And huh. which I know is uh, one of the ways you do really good French fries. So maybe yeah. that double fry thing. I don't know. But so interesting. I know. It's 10 o'clock. No. Yes, it is. Uh, yes, it is. So it is my pleasure to remind everybody that they are listening to Coast Community Radio, KMUN in Astoria, KTCB in Tillamook, streaming at coastradio.org and on your mobile using the TuneIn app. Coming up at one minute after the hour, uh, NPR News Headlines, John Stevenson is in the house to bring you uh, Lost Highways at six minutes after the hour. I love his show. I do too. And... Um, Linda Perkins, thank you so much. Thank you, Marianne Myers. <laughs> I'm, uh, I, I, will, I will come back uh, appropriately contrite about that whole apron thing next time, I promise. <laughs>